Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, uh, it's good to know that our officials, when there's some sort of disaster going on, they they do take it seriously. Well, you know, it's it's the hallmark actually of the uh, of the Obama administration that is now carried over because it's a lot of the same characters in the in the Biden administration. They're not do they're not great at doing things actually, but they're great at apologizing. They're very good at apologizing. They have a lot yeah, of practice. Yeah, I guess. That's what happens when you have a duffel bag full of failure that's bursting at the seams. Yeah. So a bunch of top secret material got posted online, as we've talked about this week, most notably showing secrets about Ukraine. Uh, White House spokesman John Kirby tells Fox News, hey, this administration, we take top secret information very seriously. <laughs> okay. All right. And roll it. We are making uh, overt attempts to reach out to the relevant allies and partners to explain to them as best we know what we know. And we don't know a lot right now, but to make sure that they understand we're taking this very, very seriously, that we've got a criminal investigation going on, as well as a review across the Department of Defense to look at the national security uh, implications. And, of course, we're... Uh, Oh, my gosh. I don't want to make too much of it, but we hear it all the time how they're taking it seriously. Isn't that a given? Shouldn't it be? Well, it's a big tell. Because we know the optics are we don't no, take much don't of anything, anything seriously. seriously. I yeah. mean, look who we have as White House press secretary. <laughs> the whole thing's a freaking farce. A bunch of box-checking losers. But but we take this stuff seriously. Okay. Uh, implications. And, of course, we're, we're listening to, uh, to their questions and their concerns and doing the best we can to answer them at this point. So I know you've seen who we made the Secretary of Transportation. So I understand <laughs> you might think we don't take jack squat seriously. But actually, with this stuff, we do. Right. Okay. And we're, we're always going to be circling back with our friends and allies to let them. We don't know a lot, but, you know. Yes. Th- this guy has a bright future as a fly-by-night uh, insurance adjuster, doesn't he? Sounds like it, yes. Where's I he, don't know. He's he... even weak for that, I mean, to be <laughs> honest. Is he in the Holiday Inn bar when this interview's taking place? <laughs> it was before some event, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's weird, yeah. Yeah, I know with our own border <laughs> and with the Department of Homeland Security saying uh, that the border is secure, it, that you might think that we don't take this kind of stuff seriously, seriously. but we do. That's just a big tell. They're not. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's going on. Hey, did anybody see the big interview last night that Tucker Carlson had with Donald Trump? Yes. Down at Mar-a-Lago. I, did, I didn't know it was coming on. I, I don't know why. I must have slept through that one. But He had uh, promoted it Monday night. The full hour. Yes. Um, and part of that, just Trump's delivery on certain things yeah. just makes me laugh. It, it's, it's like comical. Um, and other things were enlightening. And then he was talking about when he was, quote, arrested. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Uh, we all know what happened. He got booked and processed in Manhattan because this rogue DA, Alvin Bragg, uh, decided to prosecute him even though he couldn't point to a crime that he actually committed. 
All right, there you go. Republicans, by the way, want to haul him and uh, another one of his prosecutors in front of Congress to answer some questions. They want to find out what exactly went into this decision-making. And Alvin Bragg is now suing them, saying this is political interference. Well, what the hell do you think you're doing, dude? I mean, even, even a legal analyst on MSNBC was saying, yeah, Alvin Bragg actually doesn't have a leg to stand on here. No. And I think a lot of us believe it was because he was pressured so much because that's what he ran on. He had people quitting around him, and so he felt like he had to do it, but he's getting hung out to dry, and he should be. Yeah. Uh, So Donald Trump talked about the moment he walked into that room, the moment he was being arrested. Roll it. They signed me in, and I'll tell you, people were crying, people that worked there professionally work there that have no problems putting in murderers and they see everybody it's tough tough place and they were crying they were actually crying they said i'm sorry uh they'd say 2024 sir 2024 and tears are pouring down there is i've never seen anything like the whole, those people are phenomenal those are your police yep those are the people that work at the courthouse okay mm-hmm. i'm just asking the question all right there is the being choked up, maybe tears in your eyes. I can't believe this is happening. It's different when the tears are actually rolling down the cheeks. I believe the word was Agreed. flowing. Yeah. And I'm just asking because he's a good storyteller. He's a great influencer. Do you believe it was like, all right, let me ask this. Were there dudes in there with tears going down cheeks? No, I don't think uh, that's so. That's a hard no. I, I don't yeah. believe so. No. Okay. I was just curious if... You know, David. <laughs> I think you're, you know, you're trying to paint the picture, right? And you're, oh, you're yeah. right. You know, and you're walking in and maybe there were some crestfallen individuals in the crowd. But I, I, I just can't picture anybody actually crying there, especially in Manhattan. Well, yeah. that thing David, got, <laughs> that thing got amped up the more you went along. Too. Right. They were crying. You know, they were weeping. Scott. They were, they, they were giving me roses. <laughs> they laid down palm leaves in front of my feet. It just got progressively more, more weeping went on as longer the story went on. And a woman behind the counter stood up and started to clap. And her colleague in the next cubicle gave me a shroud and put it over my head as I left David. the courtroom. <laughs> no, I know. He's a storyteller. Yeah, okay, whatever. See, I guess I picture it as I bet there were some people that were bent. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. a farce. And, hey, man, sorry about this. 2024, I can totally see that. Mm-hmm. But actual, you know, like tears running down face. I was just, oh, man, I don't know about that. I'm just saying, man, come on. Really? Well, you know, CNN just and their ilk will be fact-checking this. <laughs> right. It's like, I mean, they will. it's like Joe Biden consistently talks about how uh, a small house fire, what, 14, 15 years ago or whatever, went from a small house fire to my wife almost died and firefighters almost fell through the floor into the basement. <laughs> right. I mean, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, and they're go- they're like, well, that's just Joe, but yeah, probably fact check. We had reporters in the courthouse, and not a single <laughs> tear was shed for the oh, former will, president. It, no, it, it will absolutely be that. This yeah. is lie number eight thousand six hundred and seventy-two. So this man does his lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're getting into storytelling, Biden. Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> Well, gather around. I mean, from the way his son died to corn pop and beyond. 
Jeez. Well, the Civil Rights March. Oh, of course, man. <laughs> Joe went over the Edmund Pettus Bridge. He was there. <laughs> yeah. And then the time with Nelson Mandela. Yeah, that. well, that too. Yeah. He's led the life of Forrest Gump. Yeah. He was the fourth astronaut on the moon in 1969. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, this is a great piece of audio from the BBC. Interview with Elon Musk. Yeah. Switching gears to this. This tells you so much about media, not just the BBC, but the legacy yeah. media in the United States. So Elon Musk did this interview, and a lot of it was about Twitter, his ownership of Twitter with the BBC. And uh, I think he completely broke a reporter. James Clayton is the name of the reporter. He wanted to do this interview because Twitter labeled the BBC as state-affiliated affi media or state-funded media, whatever. It is. Yes. It is yes, government-funded media. Uh, here's the highlight. When James tried to claim that there's been this huge tidal wave of hate on Twitter— in what's called the For You tab, if you're not familiar with Twitter, uh, there's like your normal news feed, which is just a chronological uh, sorting of people you follow, stories from people you follow. The For You tab, uh, if you switch over to that, is an algorithmic bra uh, algorithm based uh, feed that shows you things that you might like. It suggests things for you. Now, yes. I will tell you. I personally, I use Twitter every day. I don't tweet, but I'm, I'm on it every single day. Mm -hmm. I have not noticed this tidal wave of Nazism or anything else. And Me neither. I mean, you have a lot of activist groups who are saying, like, sure. anti-Semitic behavior is up, blah, 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 blah. I haven't right. seen it. I, it seems like a lot of the arguments are pretty weak there. Honestly, it seems like the same old Twitter in a lot of ways. Well, yeah. I mean, people say dumb things on Twitter sure. all the time. That's why Twitter even exists. Yeah. Um, anyway, the reporter cannot name a single example of a rise of hatred when Elon Musk just asked him, give me an example of why, why you have experienced or how you have experienced this. Yeah, check this out. I, I honestly don't use. I, I, honestly, you I don't. You can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why. Because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore. Because I, I just don't particularly like it. But you and said actually, a lot of people. A lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only. Well, I only look well, at hang my, on a second. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example. Not even one. And you I, can't I, give a single and, one. And, 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 and I'm saying. I, then I, I say so that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't <laughs> give me a single example of hateful con content. Not even one tweet. And yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, that's a false. No, what I claimed, you just lied. What no, no. What I claim was uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information. Well, time out. No, no, no. It, before this clip, yeah. in that conversation, he says, "I've noticed." Yes, I've noticed is what he said, and now he's trying to backtrack. The guy is full of crap. Organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether whether it has on my feed or not. Give me one I mean, I, right. And Literally, can you Something one. like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, in the UK. They will say that. So they, Look, it's, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right. And as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then how let, would you know? Let, that I don't you, think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content. Yes. And then couldn't name a single example. Right. And as I said, I, That's haven't, absurd. I, haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. But, would... Then why did you say, I've seen it? <laughs> You lying sack? Jeez. Feed, then how would you know this hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have we only have a certain amount of time. I bet oh. you want to move on. <laughs>
Yes, because he was broken. I love that. That is that's that is possibly the best <laughs> audio we're going to hear all day. Came back to the Steve Martin comedy bit, right? Criticize things you don't know about. It's well, and he's saying, you know, well, what what do you describe as hate? What is it? Give me well, an example. They, one. They won't one do example. it. One. No, absolutely not. Will not do it. Uh, you know who's next to be losing their jobs to AI? We will get to that and a news update straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. ABC News lied. Okay, not surprising, but what is the story, David? Oh, well, this is about the big news that we talked about earlier. A man by the name of Daniel Perry was convicted of murder last week. Uh, after he was driving for Uber Uber in Austin back in 2020, and a mob of protesters during the uh, summer of love surrounded his car, and a guy with an AK walked up to him, so Daniel Perry shot him. The cops initially said, yeah, it's pretty clear-cut self-defense, stand your ground and whatnot. The liberal prosecutor in Travis County decided to make an example of him. You will take it from the mob. You have no other option here. Uh, and they charged him. Uh, and now he's been convicted of murder. Governor Greg Abbott in Texas uh, has called on the state's board of pardons to get working on letting Daniel Perry out. They're working on it now. Uh, but ABC News decided to lie to their viewers about the whole case. Here's just a sampling of their report. Wow. You know, at first it seems like an open and shut case. A few days ago, a man who shot and killed a Black Lives Matter protester was convicted of murder. Well, this morning, that killer could come one step closer to being a free man. With Texas having one of the strongest stand-your-ground laws for self-defense, attorneys for Perry say he had no choice but to shoot Foster for his own protection. But prosecutors say Perry could have fled the scene instead. Uh he could have fled. Did you see the video? Because there's a crowd of people around his car. Exactly. So the answer then is to run over a bunch of people then. Yeah. I mean, duly noted. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Just, just get your way out of there by running over people. Well, we've certainly, uh, I don't want to say been in trouble. Wasn't trouble. Um, but there was an outcry one time talking about a scenario think we were talking about okay if that's your sister your wife your daughter mm -hmm. that and an angry mob crowd crowds around their car what do you advise them to do step on the gas go yep absolutely um you know the other part of that whole story and again the black lives matter protester that had the ak was white yeah but MSNBC, CNN, they're trying to make this all about race. Mm -hmm. And they never tell that the actual Black Lives Matter protester was white. They actually lead viewers to believe that the person yeah. that was shot and killed was black. He was not. Is this a yeah. Rachel Dolezal thing where he well, identified as? No, uh, no, he didn't. And okay. But what they usually do is they wait a few paragraphs or a few lines to then say who is also white. The person who was shot, comma, who is also white. But they always lead with Black Lives Matter protester, which puts that, which gives somebody the impression, especially if they really only pay attention, and research shows this, you really only have people for about the first 30 to 45 seconds of a story. And the organizations know that. Yeah, and so then they, they move on. So they leave people with the impression that he killed a black protester. 
That's why there were so many people during the Kyle Rittenhouse trial all of a sudden came out of the woodwork and go, wait a second. The, the guys that Rittenhouse killed were white? I thought they were black. No, that's because the media that you follow, that you get your news from, leads you to believe things that are not true. And they did. They led people to believe that it was all racist and he, this white supremacist, Kyle Rittenhouse, was just out to kill black people. No, that was an absolute lie. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. that ABC lies about something like that. Uh, we've heard a lot about artificial intelligence, especially in the last month or so. Some people are very nervous. The likes of Elon Musk are saying, hey, hold on a second. Let's give this six months. Okay, people aren't ready for this uh, for a number of different reasons. Looks like fortune cookie writers may be losing their jobs as well to artificial <laughs> intelligence. Uh-oh. Man, what are they going to do with that skill set? Just saw this uh, story earlier today. Um, did you know that freelance writers are paid up to 75 cents per fortune they churn out? Really? Yes. I just I just went to a Chinese buffet like a week ago. And mine was something like, surround yourself with good friends. 75 cents, sir. I can get paid to do that? Yes. Well, they're saying not much longer because one company has been experimenting with chat GPT to create those sayings. And the co-founder of the company claims, hey, the AI fortunes are virtually indistinguishable from those written by industry veterans. Industry veterans. Who's writing these? And like, yes, this is a pearl of wisdom. The most obvious crap in the world. <laughs> it's like, it's like it, it'd be more useful if they said, wait 30 minutes after eating before getting in the pool. I mean, that would be good advice, right? The fortune cookie never offers you anything of value. It's tagged with, of life. Yeah, right. uh, well, yeah, I, they could spit out the fortunes in seconds. It is clearly efficient. Uh, but several fortune cookie companies are hesitant. Because they're worried of the quality of the AI messages. (laughs) Um, More from the Trump interview with Tucker Carlson and what the biggest threat to the United States is next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial. Scott Robbins, the sexy boomer. Donald Trump was on Tucker Carlson's show last night. Talking about many different things. What are we going to hear, David? Well, he talked about the greatest threat to America, and it's not from abroad. Boy, we've all said this how many mm-hmm. times? Yeah. yeah. No doubt about it. All right, roll it. Who's the biggest problem, sir? Is it China? Could it be Russia? Could it be North Korea? No, I said the biggest problem is from within. It's these sick, radical people from within. Because we can handle, if we're smart, we can handle Russia, China. I did. Okay, so your opinion of what he just said. We'll We'll start with youth. We'll start with David. And then we'll get to beauty, Scott Robbins. Thank you. Well, I I just want to start by saying it's funny to see people clutching their pearls over this after the President of the United States gave the blood-red MAGA speech. (laughs) I mean, it's like, okay, so... So get down off the cross for a second. I'm not even necessarily talking about most Democrats. Talking about the people who, among other things, want to normalize castrating children in the name of woke ideology. They want to punish political opponents like we're seeing in Manhattan with Donald Trump. Yep. Uh, They want to put a threat tag on people who speak out at school board meetings. 
and Catholic organizations who believe that abortion is murder. And if you go to traditional Latin mass, oh, the FBI kind of wants to keep an eye on you. <laughs> you might be one of those radicals, right. right? So One of the ones that really take the faith serious. I mean, yeah, and then you look at uh, the Daniel Perry case in, in Austin, Texas. I mean, where mm-hmm. a guy defended himself from a mob, and he is convicted of murder. That is a threat, because the message being told is, we will do whatever we want, and if you stand in our way... We are going to lock you up. We're going we're gonna to figure out a way to silence you. That is As a you've big seen threat. seen in other countries in history. Yeah, that is a threat. I totally agree. Well, well, the your only thing at? I have to add to that, and I agree with everything he said, absolutely. It was pretty much echoes what I was going to say. But I'm going to say this, too. Didn't Joe Biden tell us that the number one threat to the U.S. was white supremacists within our own country? Yes. I mean, he told us that. Right. I mean, uh, more than once. I mean, this this thing has been repeated time and time again. But what David said is exactly right. Anytime you try to silence people you disagree with or you label it as hate speech or you're transphobic or you're homophobic or right. you're a misogynist or whatever you are, because you might take issue with it, with something they're promoting. This is where you end up. So, yeah, I think I think he's right. OK, was once you rot from the inside. The outside pressure doesn't really matter. But why are we rotting from the inside? Okay, I'll put it to you this way. Um, Okay, and just tell me if it's tinfoil hat. It's too much. And I'm not the first person to say this. My goodness, there are a lot of people that think this. Okay, so you have a lot of globalists around the world, right? Talking about sort of one world power sort of thing, right? Okay, if you are the George Soros's of the world that infiltrate so many things like the human rights organizations that control DEI scores with corporations and you have, you know, so many companies within the United States and then politicians within the United States that can kind of be bought and paid for. And sometimes that's out of threat. Sometimes it's out of the want of prosperity from these companies or different people in Congress, right? So the whole goal is destabilization within the United States. So it's like destroying the United States from within, but you build the whole thing. And the ultimate goal is this Marxist totalitarian regime, but it's all done under the guise of equality and social justice and diversity and all of those things. But that is what the goal is. And you have Biden and crew all part of that sort of globalist sort of worldview now is that a tinfoil hat thing of why trump is right that the united states the biggest threat is being destroyed from within from those types of people and then just useful idiots i can only go a real simple answer and that is turning away from god meaning do you so do you say that what i'm saying you think is true yes Okay, that's what I'm getting after. Yeah, I think it is. It's it's a godless society. No, basically. you're you're turning away, and you can see that in the numbers precipitously dropping at sure. churches and people who are or the organized religions or whatever. But it all melds into the same pot. But it starts there, I think. What do you think of the whole globalist thing, David? Think I think it's true. I well, I I think it, it. Listen, you don't have to put on the tinfoil hat to understand where a lot of these people are coming from, and a lot of these people actually just see. Uh, dollar signs as part of this. You destabilize right. key industries and you can come in and clean up 
what's left. You know, mm-hmm. money never disappears, right? It just falls out of pockets, and they want to be there with the bag to collect it. Sure. Um, but also, I mean, as far as destabilizing uh, a society and all of that, that that's not a conspiracy theory. I mean, all you have to do is read what Karl Marx uh, wrote. I mean, even in the Communist Manifesto, which is not very long, I suggest you go read it. Um, you know, it's it. it but, you know, the people on the left are <laughs> they either want it or they don't want to hear about it. I'm just hoping independents figure yeah. that part out. Yeah, I mean, the the whole idea is to basically model a movement after religious movements to create yes. zealotry in order to uh, knock down individual governments, individual countries to create one world government. And what mm-hmm. the the whole theory, and this is one of the reasons why I think, I mean, Karl Marx is one of the most dangerous idiots in human history because he actually thought, well, you set up this all-powerful one world government state that will control everything. You as an individual will own nothing and you'll love it. And then eventually, well, that power will be seated, you know, because people it's kind of like a scaffold around a building. You don't need the scaffolding once the building is there. People will just accept uh, communism as a natural way of life. And that'll be what they call the end of history, the end of Mm -hmm. conflict, this sort of apocalyptic vision of humanity moving forward. They're very clear about it and they're very clear about the methods of achieving it. And what we are seeing, you know, they're basically applying the economic theory of Karl Marx to race, to gender, to uh, ethnicity, uh, and to, to try to needle those class distinctions here in America. Right. Here's where I think the turning point might be. I hope we'll see. It is the trans activists. That's where more Democrats that I know have said, yet yeah, I don't understand why they're doing this. This doesn't make sense. This is confusing kids. Why would they want to do that? And that's where there's the disconnect. Like, why would they want to do that? Or why would they just want to lie about these things? Because they don't quite understand what's really happening. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You could buy the other crap for a while, the uh, diversity, and it's, it's institutional racism and blah, blah, blah. And I know Barack Obama was president for eight years, and he hasn't done squat since to help those people. But, but it's institutional racism. Blah, blah, blah. Until you get to the trans thing. And then there are just too many people that are saying, holy crap, this makes no sense. All right. I know we got to move on to other things. It's that time of the show. You're looking at all sorts of stories around, and I might not be the biggest of the day, but it caught your attention. David, today, what's your story? Man, there was a huge dairy farm explosion in Dimmit, Texas. Did you hear about yeah, this? Yeah, I did hear about yeah, it. Yeah, this was at the South Fork Dairy Farm, killing as many as 18,000 dairy cows. I had to read that number like five times to make sure I wasn't missing it. I'm like, is that 1,800, you mean? No, 18,000, they think. Uh, So there was an explosion, and then the fire spread to the holding pens. Uh, There's video out there that's just crazy. One person was critically injured and is being treated at a hospital in Lubbock. Uh, The state fire marshal, though, is investigating the cause of the fire, but the Castro County Sheriff, Sal Rivera, believes the fire started by methane being ignited from overheating electrical equipment. So there was an electrical fire, basically, that ignited cow farts. Whoa. And that's what led to this kaboom. At least the cow farts weren't goofing themselves. <laughs> when you first saw the story, did you think, was this done on purpose? Right. No, well, I, they still don't know. They're still I investigating know. it. But because, yeah, the cost of milk probably going to go up, at least regionally. Beef. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've seen, like, massive amounts of livestock dying in different places. 
and then you're trying to measure it with how much of this has happened in the past. And that's where it is a tinfoil hat for me. I'm like, all right, what's going on here? Yeah, I'm glad you didn't take it off. I'm glad you kept it on. Well, it's all day today. Yeah. It's Wednesday. Yeah. Okay, what's your story, Scott? Uh, well, my story is uh, last week, Twitter slapped a state-affiliated media label on NPR. Yeah. It said government-funded media on their page. And it, it was perfect, not just because it's accurate, which, of course, it is. But it also, it pissed off NPR and they're going to take their ball and go home. They said they will no longer be posting anything on Twitter. Oh, no. They've had enough. Democracy died. <laughs> they want you to know that 1% of the $300 million annual budget actually comes from the federally funded or Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Okay. Then why do you fight so... I mean, you, they're so aggressive about fighting for that federal money, then... If you don't like the government-funded label, then just say no. It's only 1%, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. that, it, this shows we can defund NPR, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, might as well. We got budget issues anyway. We'll start there. You don't need it. When I saw that percentage, I'm like, wow, did you get those talking points from Planned Parenthood? <laughs> uh, it's such a little tiny percent of what yeah, we do. Well, Actually, no, it's not. Let's go back to the real problem here. Government-funded media. They're mad about that. It is government-funded media. <laughs> That's just it. it. It is. Dopes. All right. Okay, uh, my story. <laughs> this is wild to me. Um, I used Uber. Did you know Uber is being accused of tracking people's battery life and then charging more when they know you're low on power? You're, like, down to 3%. Like, oh, my gosh, if I run out of phone juice here, I'm not going to be able to get a car. <laughs> And they know it. Are you serious? <laughs> That's the accusation. So they know Holy that this smokes. person's desperate and isn't going to worry about the charges? Correct. Awesome. Newspaper in Brussels tested it by booking the same ride from the same place with two different phones. One had 12% battery. The other had 84%. Uh, <laughs> the one got uh, charged 6% more that had the 84% or the 12% uh, battery. They're like, hey, what's going on? Um, now, there would have to be more research done on this to actually know if that's happening. Um, but they do admit that they can see how much battery you have. But claim it's only so the app can switch to low power when it needs to. Mm -hmm. That's bogus. <laughs> well, you know, you know what, I don't though? need you looking out for me. It will automatically switch. I need switch. you not hosing me on the price. It will automatically switch to low power. <laughs> I've often wondered how they knew I didn't have as many power in it. <laughs> um, they said the difference in fares would have to be with existing demand for rides and the supply of drivers who can respond. That's all it is. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we'll see where that goes. I'm not buying. I think it's probably true. I do. Oh, I do, too. Yeah. I, well, I, yeah, just for the consumer, if they're on low power, we want to switch our app to low power to help them out. Right, not exactly. to gouge them or anything. Are you kidding? Jeez. Come on. Um, another Republican announces he's launching, launching an exploratory committee for a presidential campaign. Is it a difference maker? We'll decide. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Who's announcing that he's going to run? Well, South Carolina Republican Senator Tim Scott has announced uh, today that he is forming an exploratory committee. Uh, to uh, see, you know, sort of beat the bushes and see 
who might support him to be president of the United States. And I don't know. I'll just speak for myself here. I like Tim Scott a lot. Mm-hmm. It, I don't think he stands a chance. Do you think he knows that? It's possible. It's possible he is, knows that. I mean, that's why running. it's not I'm announcing I'm running for president. That's why it's the whole, you know, dog and pony show of uh, it's an exploratory committee. You think he'll be uh, he'll be uh, running for VP? Could be. I'd Maybe be great with that. Get the name recognition out there a little bit more. Yeah. It it just depends on who winds up being the nominee, but you know, I I'm fine with that. And if he's the nominee, absolutely, I'll feel great about voting for him. But well, it's one of those things, man. With vice president, usually people don't vote for a vice president, mm-hmm. but they can make you feel better about voting for whoever you're voting for, if that makes sense yeah. at all. And yeah, I think a lot of people would feel good about voting for Tim Scott. We already know how the left will treat Tim Scott. Oh, yeah. So if there's anyone that thinks, well, I mean, having a black man as a running mate is certainly going to be helpful. The left will try to squash that and say he's just a black face of white supremacy or some nonsense like that. They've already called him that. They've already called him an Uncle Tom. Yeah. I mean, they've gone after him with every racist... Uh, every single racist term they can come up with. You know, thinking of it this way, though, have we ever seen someone like Tim Scott be on a campaign where media has to cover this individual for a long amount of time and consistently? It would be very difficult to paint him in a certain way for a long extended amount of time. There would be enough where at least independent voters would see what he's really like. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see what they do to the likes of Clarence Thomas, who, I mean, from black intellectuals I listen to always say, this guy should be an American hero, and especially an American hero to black people. And it's disgusting what the left has done to Clarence Thomas. And I tend to agree with that. What about a Tim Scott? I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Did you see this story out of Ohio? Truck overturned, carrying 40,000 pounds of contaminated soil? Yeah. That was from the side of the train derailment? Yeah. Holy cow. It's like one thing (laughs) after another. Yeah, they're taking contaminated soil from the site of the train derailment, which was a huge problem, an ecological disaster in East Palestine, Ohio. And then the guy driving the truck, I guess, a 70-something-year-old guy, Loses focus on the road and tips his damn truck over. This is oh, man. I, <clears throat> Four miles east of East Palestine. Wow. We barely got going then. And then there was the other. I saw that one. Yeah. In the Indiana. Indiana. Boy, that looks nasty. It does. So you've got people evacuating there. Looks terrible. Plastics plant or something, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so... I mean, David, you've been in news for a long time, and we follow this stuff all the time. Does it seem like this stuff is happening more often? I, I Are we just the, heightened to it right now? The numbers would say probably not. Okay. But it just, yes, we, there's more of a focus on it right now. Yeah. We totally understand it. And we're not going to know the effects of those towns in Ohio for years. Wow. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready?
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, some leaks, Pentagon, top secret information. Can't verify it, uh, but it looks like some of it's true. Uh, yeah, a bunch of top secret material got posted online, most notably showing secrets about Ukraine. And part of that shows that uh, there's like 14, what, special forces uh, personnel on the ground in Ukraine. Hmm. I think we kind of knew this something like this was happening. So it's not all that surprising to me, but it, it is still interesting uh, nonetheless to hear John Kirby try to talk about this when asked about it by Fox News. Uh, there is a small U.S. military presence at the embassy in conjunction with the defense attache's office to help us work on accountability uh, of the material that uh, is going in and out of Ukraine. Hold on a second. We just heard last week well, we shouldn't even be asking for accountability. Yeah. We like, give it to them like as a gift. Right. Then we don't care what happens like Afghanistan. Yeah. They just done a 180. Am I hallucinating? Isn't that what just happened? That, that is what he said. Yeah, once we turn over the gear, it's theirs. It's a gift to them in order to help fight back the Russian invasion. So well, now, what is this? Uh, trying to deny that maybe we do have a greater involvement in the war. <laughs> They're just special know, my, advisors, Jamie. All right? Okay. Listen. Oh, a thousand of them. <laughs> when you have Kirby... And Millie, and Lloyd Austin, and Blinken, and Ned, and the rest of that emasculated bunch. We can't trust them with this stuff. It's maddening, man. Uh, so they're attached to that embassy and to that d defense attache office. They are not fighting on the battlefield. We are not providing uh, enabling support on the battlefield. Nothing has changed about the commander-in-chief's uh, order that the United States will not have troops fighting this war in Ukraine. Hold on a second, man. I just want to hear that one piece of the clip again. To help us work on accountability uh, of the material that uh, is going in and out of Ukraine. To help on the accountability of the material going in and out. That doesn't sound like the gift that you said it was a week ago. Uh, no. All right. Whatever. They're clowns. Jeez. All right. Let's just get to the clip of Trump. I don't know what else to say about that. Mm -hmm. No, there but really isn't anything else to say. We get lied to constantly by yes. these people over and over and over again. And the fact is, he just stepped in his own lie. But, no, again, there's nobody called him out on it. So, well, I know, man. Just and keeps on moving. I thought you said we weren't, you know, nah. You know, and as it's been predicted, China, Russia, well, yeah, they're buddies. China, I mean, it could happen to Taiwan at any time, what's happened to Ukraine. Do we have enough to help Taiwan? Just looking at reports, you can't feel great about it. Mm. And then you take a step back and you ask, what are we doing? And honestly, it used to be in the past. You could say, well, I don't agree with the strategy going on. But you would understand it in some sort of way and feel good about the people that were in charge. Well, they are the experts. I don't think there are a whole lot of people left with that attitude anymore. Yeah especially after Afghanistan. 
Like, what a clown show. It was embarrassing. And it, you think about the men and women that served there that died there. It's it's maddening. The comings right. and goings of the equipment that's there. Accountability. Okay. Accountability. So is he in the warehouse? Like, we're down three tanks. All right, let's get to the interview. <laughs> Tucker had with Donald Trump. Yeah. One of the questions was about Biden running. Yeah, do you think that he actually has the gas to go another round in a presidential campaign? I don't know what you thought of this answer. It certainly made sense to me. Go ahead. Look, uh, I, I watch him just like you do. And I think it's almost inappropriate for me to say it. I don't see how it's possible. <laughs> but there's something wrong. It's almost inappropriate. Oh, almost man. inappropriate. There's something wrong, though, man. Wrong. Yes. But there's something wrong. <laughs> I saw his answer today on television about whether or not he was going to run to a very nice guy named Al Roker. I mean, you can't get a softer question than that. That was a long answer of talking about the eggs and the this and that. Look, I don't think he can. <laughs> I can't help it the way Trump delivers these lines. is so hilarious. <laughs> the funny it's part, so true. funny part to me is you almost need, if, if you don't know what he's talking about, it sounds like he just went off on this random tangent here where he says he's talking about the eggs or whatever. You almost have to annotate everything that Donald Trump says because he'll make references to something that happened where, in this case, it was Joe Biden uh, talking about being the guy who carts out the Easter eggs or rolls them after he was asked by Al Roker whether or not he was going to run for president again. Yeah, I mean, the reference, I mean, and of course, we heard it a few times the other day, so it's going on in my mind when, you know. Well, I'll either, I'll either, I'll either roll an egg or, you know, being the, 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 you know, the guy who's pushing them out. There you what? go. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? So they, yes. What do they call the guy who pushes him out? <laughs> the, what the is that guy? Push him out guy. <laughs> that is guy. what they call it. <laughs> right. So you know, I mean, when it comes down to it, but there's something wrong. <laughs> there's right. something yes. wrong. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's definitely something wrong there. He talks about the eggs. My goodness. Um, <laughs> yeah. Coming up in about ten minutes or so, there was a story that I saw where a Target shopper in Ohio was demanding reparations. They didn't want to pay their bill. And it ended up with a security guard punching her in the face. <laughs> Good. Oh, wow. Good. Really? Wow. Yes. I did. Listen, if you're saying, oh, are you guys laughing at some guy just punching this woman? No, 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 no. She basically keeps backing him into a corner. We'll get, we'll get to that story coming up in a few. Make sure that everything's edited out. Before we get there. Um, and I saw this story, David, I'm thinking about you with a couple of kids, you know, under the age of four, or a lot of people dropping your kid off at daycare, and there's a trust involved. Mm -hmm. And this was just a sickening story out of San Antonio. Yeah, uh, kids are being berated by day daycare workers at a kinder care location on the north side. So Carly Hernandez and her husband noticed their one-and-a-half-year-old started acting weird after going to Moss Rock Kinder Care. So they bought a little audio recording device. This is awesome. They sewed it into the kid's jacket. Yes. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> like Absolutely. Super spy stuff. This was back in the winter. Um, so here's part of the audio, which was obtained by KSAT TV. I'm going to go and I'm going to beat both of y'all. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm going to beat both of y'all. 
hear it now. What did she say right there? What was beeped out? Uh, you're a bleep. Yeah, you're something. I mean, it's hard to tell with all the, the, the bleeping going on there. These are little kids. Yeah. Here now. Yeah. I'm about to bump the for some adult and I'll touch it and you die. Yeah, touch it and you die is what that person said. The little kids, man. You're talking about like one and a half to two year olds. That they're Think saying if, that, if that's your kid. And then you know that person was talking to your kid that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Oh, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, in one part, the lady says, shut the bleep up, get your ass over there and start bleeping off over there, like doing the Jeffrey Tubin, is what she said. Yeah. The little kids, man, what the hell's wrong with you? It's bad people, man. Yeah, parents actually talked to KSAT as well. They, they actually she- went to the TV station because they talked to the San Antonio Police Department, who has been investigating it for months and apparently has not made much movement on it. Okay. She had started being really, really violent, um, hitting, kicking, screaming. I just felt really deceived um, and just devastated for my child. I trusted these people, and I don't know when I'm going to be able to do that again. He's very measured, Mm -hmm. mature. Um, More more measured than I would be, I'll be honest. Yeah, that's Uh, what I was thinking. You know... this is on the heels of those idiots, too, at the nursing home with the dementia patient, the woman that they were taunting and live streaming at and live streaming it. Yeah. I mean, our job is to protect children and the elderly. I mean, people who can't defend themselves or protect themselves. I think our job as human beings. Oh, I just is- saw another report out of Illinois where there was a whole group of nursing homes where it was multiple infractions of, I mean, cruelty to elderly people. Well. Calling them names when they had to go to the bathroom. Unbelievable. Like calling them female cats because they needed to use the restroom. Golly. There's tales of abuse and verbal abuse. Yeah. We gotta protect the we gotta protect the kids. We gotta protect the the elderly who are in these places. Well, the old recording device sewn into the clothes. That's a that's a new one. Yeah. Yeah. But it worked. Yeah. No doubt about what it. What horrible people. Just absolutely horrible people. Yes, agreed. Who does that? Um, I know. I know what you're thinking right now. Tell me God's gonna cut him down. Tell me God's gonna cut him down. Yep. Johnny has a way of soothing everyone, I think. Wait till that part of the movie comes up while you're standing there waiting for judgment, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We get to uh, the story of the Target shopper that was demanding reparations. Uh, I should probably mention this, too. Uh, Later when the police come, uh, as someone tells her to quiet down, who are you talking to? Do you know who you're talking to? Yeah, you got to hear this straight ahead right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Came across this story. Apparently, this happened last October in Ohio in Blue Ash, a Target store there. So what you have, I'll try to paint the scene. You have this lady that's checking out, and apparently she has over $1,000 worth of stuff. And she's having a conversation with the cashier. And she's telling the cashier um, it's kind of owed to her for reparations, and she wants to talk to the manager. No, she... About, yes. Holy cow. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> yes. All I can do is see myself behind her, too. <laughs> Gosh, dang it! <laughs> And so, 
Um, they get the manager, and as far as I can tell from this video, the manager um, is this woman that's standing now in front of uh, this lady who is demanding reparations, and she starts talking to the manager about her privileged life, just berating her, apparently. Um, and that's when Zach Cotter, who is a loss prevention officer, intervened and asked this woman, uh, whose last name is Ivy, Karen Ivory, um, to calm down. Say, hey, you need to calm down, <laughs> which I've always heard is not what you yeah, want to say to right. somebody. But, hey, man, he's he's the guy in charge. Hey, calm down. And you need to leave the store. Because the manager was saying, well, we can't do this for you. Sorry. You're privileged, whatever, whatever. So this guy comes over, and then she starts walking toward him. And he's saying, you need to back up. You need to back up as he is backing up. And he continues to back up. And she follows him all the way to where his office is. And he alleges she pushes him wow. going through the door. Okay, she says she just followed. But then, and you can see clearly on video, as he's getting close to the desk, he's had it, and then, boom! Pops her, huh? Pops her. I mean, knocks her down. And he popped her right in the face. And so then he immediately calls the cops. I got a couple of pieces of audio here. Um, I will just sort of pick it up. At, at that spot. She told me that she well, this is when the cops get here, and he's trying to tell the cops now what has happened. She's still standing there? Well, she's sitting there. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, in his office. She told me that she wanted to wreck it out, and I told her we couldn't do that. Okay. And then she said, excuse me, and I was like, man, like, I need to back up or leave, like, but we can't do that for you. So she started charging at me. I came all the way back into my office into an enclosed space, uh -huh. and I hit her in the face. Okay. Okay. Are you I have it all on video. Ma'am, are you okay? It's like emotionally, not so much. But mm -hmm. this is when uh, they start uh, talking about the rest of the story. And this is when she kind of goes with the do you know who I am part. I tried to close you out of my office and you just kept on pushing your way in. That's right. No, sir. I didn't push my way in. Yes, I did. No, I came around the corner quickly. Hey, would you I did not push quit talking? Door. Hey, no. Excuse you? Stop talking. When I'm telling you, you stop talking. Okay. That's the officer in charge. Yeah. He's already heard her story. He's asking him, and she intervenes, and then he tells her to stop talking. And I think it was the excuse me. No. Excuse you? Stop excuse talking. You. When I'm telling you, you stop talking. Okay? Do you know who I am? I, I will figure that out when I get your ID. You have cameras here, right? That's all, that's all that matters. You clearly don't know who I am. Ma'am. You clearly don't know who I am. Is your ID in here? Talk. Yeah. Is your ID in here? Now listen. Okay. My ID is in here. May I see it? Sure. Why do you need my ID? You're not taking his. To identify him. We know who he is. How? What's his name? We've been here many, many times. Maybe. Because it's the guy at Target that reports theft. They right. see him all the time. And who's in charge here? Shut up! <laughs> you identified Can I have your ID? If I have to get my ID in this situation, I'll why get his ID too. Don't worry exactly. about it. This, is, this has All right, to you're right. just digging a hole here. No, Let me have we're going to do this the right way. Uh -oh. We've been doing ID. it the wrong way for a long... No, he... Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
No, we're gonna do this properly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. The thing is, it tells you a lot. Because people, and I'm not just talking about any sort of people of color or anything else, people in general feel emboldened since 2020. Antifa, different people breaking the law, they see it happen all the time and they just think, well, what's going to happen? Well, sooner or later, it's not going to go your way and justice is going to prevail. Mm -hmm. You don't just get to charge a thousand dollars worth of stuff and say, "Well, reparations," and yeah, I'll I bully mean, you into it. It'd no, be, it'd be different if there was some track record of that working, right? <laughs> right. Oh, no. it's, oh, it's oh, the well, reparations, reparations thing. Oh, okay. the last thing she said. This is my Rosa Parks moment. No. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. This so they're my... not. You know what, man? I can't wait to see where the story goes because for most people, it's going to be justice. She deserved to get a little punch in the face. Mm. Was she? Was she arrested? But there'll be people. You know, I can't wait for MSNBC on this one. Oh gosh. Oh yeah, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. Do you know who I am? Yeah, <laughs> like she is somebody. I mean, <laughs> she's Karen Ivory. I understand that, but... And this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, David, biggest story of the day. Uh, biggest story of the day is, uh, well, John Kirby, the uh, White House spokesman, or one of the White House spokesmen, uh, is saying, hey, you know, <laughs> we're, we're letting our allies know, okay? All right? Mm -hmm. Letting our allies know we are super, super sorry about releasing uh, accidentally classified information on a chat server for Minecraft, okay? We're letting people know we're taking this seriously. And they they know we've got their back, okay? okay. Yes, we're also sorry to our allies for spying on you. Uh -huh. Okay, all of it. Yeah, I can't wait to get to that audio. And then Biden has unveiled the new car emission standards. Oh, buddy, all straight ahead right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial. Scott Robbins, the Sexy Boomer. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if I believe in all the ADHD stuff, but I was diagnosed with it. And the guy on the show that has that, I can't hear someone <laughs> through a pot of boiling potatoes on her husband's head <laughs> okay. and then get focused back on what we yeah. plan to do here. What are we talking about? <laughs> okay, so Representative go for it right now. Katie Porter. Uh, she's running for Senate now. Remember, she was the one while Dianne Feinstein was getting ready to try to gracefully announce she was retiring. Katie, oh, Porter, yeah. Katie Porter was like, Leroy Jenkins, and came on in and was like, I'm running for Senate. She's a yes, nut. And she was the one that was doing everybody, right? <clears throat> yeah, she's a... She's Allegedly. A, yeah. You mean doing... No, like no, 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 no. That, that, was, that was Katie Hill. Different Katie, Katie Hill. Got it. Okay. Katie yeah, Porter. Not, not, Katie not, Porter. Not, not this Katie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. A lot of Katie's in California. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Okay. So Katie Porter, uh, she is running for Senate now. Okay. And it, there have been multiple stories about her being pretty abusive to staff. Got it. And, you know, at the time it was like, well, you wouldn't judge a man like this. What are you talking about? We judge men about that all the time. If they're yeah. screaming at people for not getting things right and all that stuff. Well, somebody's dug up uh, documents from her divorce, which was, well, less than... Uh, kind, Friend, you could say. Friendly. Not oh. really agreeable divorce. 
Now, according to Katie Porter's ex-husband in their divorce document, she once poured boiling potatoes on his head, struck him in the face when he tried to stop her from yelling at their kid. I mean, here, here's in spring of uh, 2006. This is, this is from his deposition. Okay. Uh, I made uh, mashed potatoes for dinner. Our oldest child, Luke, was sitting next to me in his high chair as I was getting ready for dinner. Uh, Katie Porter looked at the potatoes in the ceramic bowl and yelled at me, You can't read the bleeping instructions! <laughs> she then took the ceramic wow. bowl of steaming hot potatoes and dumped it on his head, burning my scalp, he said. I am concerned for my safety and the safety of our children. Her behavior has only gotten more unpredictable and unstable, and the outbursts of abuse and anger have increased. She is now resorting to making false allegations against me. On November 29th, 2011, uh, Katie Porter screamed at our middle child, Paul. That day was the day it was decided she would have a C-section and deliver our daughter, Elizabeth. Paul was about two and a half years old at the time. He was very excited to have a baby sister and was talking to his mom about it. She got angry and then stood over Paul and screamed at him, Get out of my face and leave me alone! Paul immediately started crying hysterically. She was towering over him and so angry. Oh, I thought that's she, terrible. I thought she was going to hurt him. I rushed in to stop it and she yelled at me, Why can't you keep them away from me? She then struck me in the face. I am seeking. Okay. Yeah. If you don't mind, I want to get right back to what you're saying. But I got to go guy speak for a second. Okay. Um. Because if you don't know who this person is and can't picture her in your head and you're a dude, you might be thinking, okay, how hot does she got to be for me to put up with a boiling, you know, potatoes, hot hot potatoes on my my head? No. No, no. I mean, not even a pro. No. 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 No, As a matter of fact, you would take the hot boiling potatoes on your head to not do that. If you right. had to choose. Right. It's closing time, and I'm on the phone with Uber right now. <laughs> well, oh, buddy. I'll That's just, not coming. I'll, no I'll, put it, I'll put it as delicately as I can. The last time she saw the inside of a gym, it was because weightlifters were using her to set a new personal record. Oh, boy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And I really and, and only... Apparently, he was a house husband. Yeah. He didn't have a job. Yeah. She so his a, job was the house husband. She was the breadwinner. Yeah. Are you saying a manly man's going to put up with this <laughs> from that? Yeah, of course not. More from the divorce papers. Yes. Uh, Petitioner, uh, again, Katie Porter, Democratic representative out of California running for Senate now, uh, constantly berates me in front of the children and often uses profanity. She screams and yells constantly. Petitioner routinely says, you bleeping idiot. You're bleeping incompetent. She would not let me have a cell phone. She would not let me have a cell phone. No. Because Who she is said, this poor guy? <laughs> because she said I was too bleeping dumb to operate it. She often throws things in anger. She has thrown toys, books, and other objects. When she gets angry, she will claw and scratch her arms and then say to me, look what you made me do. She regularly oh says I'm goodness. a bad parent in front of the kid. Okay, dude, uh, honestly, man, I'm, nobody deserves to be in an abusive relationship. Nobody. No. Okay. No. But if you have a spouse who says you're not allowed to have a phone, you got to know that that's the that's one of the biggest red flags you can possibly come across. Dude, women in Afghanistan are like, man, that sucks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then the children started spitting at him and calling uh. him a bad daddy because of that influence. 
Sounds well, like the perfect senator gonna, from California. I'm going to go to something that you have in the audio file, Jamie. Okay. Uh, it's Katie Porter. All right. Uh, this from the archives? This is, no, this is from today. Oh, from today. Uh, from today's audio file. Yes. Katie Porter, she was on Stephen Colbert's show last night. Roll it. She said, people don't realize how hard it is to be a member of Congress. There's this effort in politics to try to pretend that, that Congress is glamorous and, and we are powerful and it's all this, you know, really wonderful, amazing things. And the, the truth is, it's like you're hot, you're late, you're sweaty, you don't know what's going on, you're flying back and forth. And I think we should be more honest with the American people about Congress is a mess. And that's because democracy is kind of supposed to be messy. Mm-hmm. That's okay. But what's not okay is lying to the American people about it and pretending that it's all easy and it's all cut and dried. Because the truth is, it's hard. It is hard to go to work every day with Marjorie Taylor Greene as a colleague. <laughs> And I've got boiling potatoes yeah. for her. <laughs> Vote for me or I'll kick your ass. Okay. All right. So hold on a second. That that whole soundbite, I'm trying to understand what she's getting at. She's saying it's hard to be a congressperson. Yeah. It's hot. It's sweaty. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. Uh, but it's really hard because you got to work with people you disagree with. Yes. Okay. Uh, just a little tip, your job might be hard. No one wants to hear that. No. They just don't. Well, I... Okay. Who who doesn't want to picture their congressperson, you know, actually working hard? I... I I mean, I remember there was a lot of uh, 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 controversy over former Representative uh, Aaron Schock because he was the Instagram congressman. Flying all over the world. And you're like, what the hell are you doing, man? Right. Are you actually representing your constituents or are you just partying on the taxpayer dime? Oh, it's living like a rock star. Right. Yeah. And that's that's not good. People don't generally like that kind of stuff. No, and knowing that they went in to Congress worth a certain amount and then all of a sudden they're multimillionaires. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's hard and sweaty. Shut up. It's hard. Yeah. Okay. All right. Switching gears now. Uh, new car emission standards from the Biden administration. Oh, yeah. They, they, they are just going to go down this rabbit hole no matter where it takes them, no matter what the economic and environmental implications are here. The Biden administration is unveiling their uh, most aggressive tailpipe emissions uh, and actually the most that we've ever seen in this country. This is what they want, the standards now. Uh, the vehicle pollution standards, which were proposed today, will impact car model years 2027 through 2032 if enacted and basically what they're doing uh is they want uh 67 percent of new sedan crossover crossover suv and light truck purchases to be electric by 2032 now right now it's like 96 percent of car sales or somewhere in that ballpark are are gas powered mm-hmm. And what they want to do is put in new emission standards that drive up the cost artificially of gas-powered vehicles to make electric vehicles seem cheaper by comparison. Even though they probably still won't be cheaper than most gas-powered vehicles. But they'll say, well, you know, hey, the difference is ten grand, And if you're in a position where you're spending the average overall, I think, uh, most people I know don't spend this much on a car, but the average overall is like $26,000 for a car. 
Um, so if you have 26,000 and that gets raised to 31,000 as the overall average, and hey, you can get this new electric car for just like five grand more. That's what they want to do. The thing is, so many people believe it's actually going to be so great for the environment in the long run. It's not at all. It's not. Wow. Okay. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, we've heard about the controversy between Twitter and NPR, and now NPR has quit Twitter, David. Quit. (laughs) NPR has quit Twitter because they're mad that Elon Musk slapped a government-funded label on on their Twitter feed. They are government-funded. Yeah, he didn't lie about it. They could say, well, only 1%. Well, okay, but that 1% represents funding, does it not? And you guys aggressively go to Capitol Hill every year uh, wanting more money for the Corporation for, uh, for Public Broadcasting. So well, maybe- Scott brought up a great point. So did you, David. Uh, okay, if it's 1%, then just say, we don't want your yeah. money, government. We can do it on our own. It's 1%. It's like, it's like if I found out that... But it's more than that, and you know it. If I found out that, you know... The Iranian government was funding 1% of my paycheck. I would have a conversation with my boss and say, hey, maybe cut that 1% out, please. Yes. You also save money. Well, you'd have to spend more money now with tote bags and coffee mugs and things like that. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, too, with NPR, and we found this out last week. We saw it on Tucker's show. We played part of it. You know, all their hard-hitting news and how the public needs it for democracy, and they're doing stuff on trans dinosaurs and crap like that. You're like, what? They are? Really? Remember that little clip? Pride dinos, rainbow dinos, dino moms, dino dads, and a lot of puns. Like Allysaurus. Transceratops. Oh, dear goodness. Instead of just quitting Twitter, how about just quit? Take two weeks off and quit. (laughs) Find something else to do. Do everybody a favor. Coming up, one hour of the music of Elmore James. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, speaking of Twitter, Elon Musk did just destroy a BBC reporter. This is my favorite audio of the day. So James Clayton with the BBC was interviewing Elon Musk, and uh, James tried to claim, like a lot of liberals do, that there's been this huge tidal wave of hatred on Twitter because some left-wing activist group says, we've been measuring and we've been hate. But there's really not any actual evidence to back any of these claims up. And a lot of people are trying to share anecdotal evidence. And I'll just say, as somebody who's on Twitter a lot, I haven't noticed it, honestly. I I really haven't noticed anything. Seems the same to me. Not like Twitter was all that great before. One of the reasons I don't tweet anymore is because I had some nut job a few years ago talking about how he hoped ISIS came to America and raped my wife. It's like, yeah, that that happened before Elon Musk took over Twitter, by the way. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, in they were talking about the for you feed, which is supposed to be you know promoting Twitter accounts that you might like. Yes. Uh, that's where all this hatred is popping up, and the reporter was asked, "Name is name a specific example of what you personally saw." That should be easy. I, I honestly don't need. I, I, honestly, you I can't don't, name I, a single example. I'll tell you why. Because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore. Because I, I just don't particularly like it. You actually, a lot of people, a lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only, well, I only look well, at my, a second. My you said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example. Not even one. And you I, can't I, give a single I, one. And, and, and I'm saying. I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? <laughs> yes, because you can't give a single example of hateful con- content. Not even one tweet. And yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well, 
Right. That's a false. No. What I claimed, you just lied. What, no, no. What I claimed was uh, there are many uh, organizations that say that that kind of information. Time out. No, you lied. Because before that, you said, yeah, I've seen. No, you've seen. Anecdotally, I'm not even joking, and I'll show you. I just brought up Twitter and went to the For You. It's this story we're covering right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. It is on the rise. Now, whether, whether it has a mind feed one or example. not. I mean, I, right. And Literally, if you, you look at something one. like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in the, in the UK, they will say that. Mm. So they, Look, it's, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right. And as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then how let, would you know? Then, that I don't you, think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experience more hateful content. <laughs> And then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I that's absurd. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. I then how would you know this hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have, yeah. we only have a certain amount of time. I, and I can give you another specific example. I know somebody who had a fake Twitter account after, or it was like a just a burner account. Yeah. After the whole Hunter Biden thing went down, mm -hmm. and was just trying to see, okay, what gets you banned on Twitter and what doesn't. And so when he was going after Donald Trump on Twitter and Don Jr. and all that stuff, calling him all sorts of nasty names, making threats, nothing ever happened. No strikes, no nothing. Mm -hmm. He went after somebody from the Lincoln Project, called him the R word, banned, booted off of Twitter. <laughs> See, that's, that's an example of something that you have seen. Yes. <laughs> that guy from the BBC cowered and got owned yeah. and didn't know how to get out of it. He should have just admitted it. Yeah. All right, news update you want to hear. Straight ahead. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. What's the story with Whole Foods, David? Oh, yeah, they made this big deal a little more than a year ago about opening up a flagship store, a new big store in downtown San Francisco. Uh, it, Why San Francisco, for crying out loud? It's Whole Foods. It's their people, right? Uh, they, they, they're closing it down for the time being now. Uh, a little more than a year after opening it. Uh, well, you know, because that crime that media keeps telling us doesn't exist. Um, they couldn't see that coming? Yeah, yeah. They Apparently one of the stores, uh, I think this was a different location, actually had to change their um, policy on using the restroom. Because remember, they, everybody, all these liberals freaked out because some people at Starbucks in Philadelphia got the cops called on them for loitering. Oh, yeah. So then they open up the bathrooms to everybody, and then, hey, wouldn't you know it? Junkies use it to shoot up heroin. You don't say. In the mm. bathrooms. Huh. Hmm. Weird. Huh. Oh. So grand opening, grand closing. That's the way it goes. Yeah. They said they, Sorry. They, they remain fully committed to the city of San Francisco, but uh, they're just going to have to wait to see uh, when they can reopen safely again. Well, it's created a Whole Foods desert. And <laughs> it is Whole Foods. Problematic. Where, where, where will all these people get quinoa now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm still trying to make sense of that. We're fully committed to this city. We're just closing the yeah. flagship store in yeah. the city. Yeah. Because it sounds good. So that's exactly <laughs> what right. we're going to say. And you're going to like it. And pay a bigger price for it, more than likely. The way it rolls. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show.
Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so you have a beer using a trans TikTok star as a promotion person, and that may not seem like it's that big a story, but I think what it symbolizes is something much bigger for people. Yeah, I think so, because again, th- this isn't just... So this isn't Caitlyn Jenner. This isn't, you know, some random trans person who has actually contributed to society or or done anything worthwhile. This is a guy who's an attention whore named Dylan Mulvaney who is doing the female version of blackface. He is making a mockery of girls. He's a caricature of women. That's what he's trying to be. And I think it is offensive. Um, And so it's not just about somebody's identity. This is about cultural rot and somebody who is either pulling the greatest prank of all time Mm -hmm. and i'm holding out hope that that's actually the case or a deeply sick individual when you get to the point where a beer company says yeah that's going to be like a spokesperson we're going to use them to our advantage on social media i think a lot of people and certainly parents see what's going on in schools across america and what the far left is trying to do to kids as far as indoctrination. And this, in some ways, was a step too far. Yeah. And and the revolt is on. Yeah. Bud Light never saw it coming. So Fox Business had this report. Uh, customers across the United States revolted against the nation's top-selling beer brand after it stepped into the culture wars last week, uh, celebrating Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, They talked to beer industry experts and bar owners as well just to see what's happening on the ground. Jeff Fitter is a guy who owns a place called Case and Bucks in uh, Barnard, Missouri. He said, you know, I think society flexes its muscles sometimes and reminds manufacturers that the consumer is still in charge. Sales of Anheuser-Busch bottled products at his bar dropped 30% over the past week while while the draft beer plummeted 50%. Bud Light normally outsells rival products Miller Light and Coors Light twenty five to one at Braintree Brewhouse in Massachusetts, just outside I heard of Boston. This number. Yeah, eighty percent of Bud Light drinkers ordered something else this week at the bar. Twenty is that the place where they have the dart night? <clears throat> uh, different place, but okay. Real quick, uh, sticking with this one and outside of Boston. While the twenty percent who did order Bud Light weren't on social media, hadn't heard yet about the new pitch person or this controversy when right. they ordered a second beer it wasn't a bud light now what you mentioned there this is in hell's kitchen a new york city neighborhood known for its large and vocal gay community one pub there reported that bud light draft sales dropped 58 percent this week while bud light bottle sales were down 70 percent and wow you are starting to hear more and more and more the gay community are, is not very happy with the way that the, it's it's the whole T part of the equation that they're like, okay, enough. Enough of this crap. You people are yeah. embarrassing. And it's not, not, not again, I, I think you made the point yesterday, and it's worth reiterating. It's not the person who just wants to live their life. It's not the person who has a mental disorder, a mental illness, and is trying their best to be a happy and healthy and productive member of Absolutely. society. Absolutely. You feel bad for anybody that's going it's, through something like that. It's the Dylan Mulvaney's of the world, the people who put on 
the female version of blackface and parade around saying, look at me, I'm a woman. Oh, man, can't wait for my bibs to come in, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's actually yeah. stuff This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood, and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. And then that's how the whole ad started, yeah. yeah. Now, uh, you talked about the uh, the dart uh, uh, dart players. Yeah, because there was like a league night. This was, I had heard this story anecdotally. Yeah, where there was a bar that usually sells three kegs of Bud Light at, at a dart event that they do. Yeah. Uh, every Thursday night. Yeah, they only sold four 12-ounce Bud Light bottles this week. There was a mass protest against the yeah. league sponsor. Holy cow. You know, it was interesting. A buddy of mine in Iowa runs a place, sells beer, called his local distributor to say, what is going on? with this Mulvaney thing. And in his opinion, the person was pretty prepped with some talking points. The yeah. first one was, you know, people need to watch something other than Fox News. Okay. <laughs> That's a good tone, bro. Well, now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, this is not a big deal. It's not even a big promotion. It was just, you know, cans with the likeness on it. Um, and... Uh, in the end, I think we're going to end up doing better because it's bringing attention. People are talking about it. And so for the you know few that won't want to drink Bud Light, they'll probably drink Bush or Bush Light or something else. They don't know the difference anyway. That's interesting because I got the same um, argument from a listener, a distributor. Okay. Same, exactly almost verbatim same argument. Put down Fox News. This is actually going to increase our sales. Why are you worried about something that doesn't affect you? Blah, blah, blah. Because it's what it's doing to society. Well, I, I, I get that all the time, though. You guys are really you know, concerned listen, about man, things that don't affect you. Okay. Um, well, shoot, Scott, you and I especially have been friends with people at beer distributors for years. Yeah, well. Decades. We gave them a lot of money. And I feel bad. We talked about it before. You're yeah. driving a truck and you're delivering, yes. and you got to hear it everywhere you go. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah you didn't make yeah. that decision. It was some idiot in marketing. Well, yeah. it was the new VP of marketing. It was a national decision that was made. It had nothing to do with the local guys. They weren't asked about it. I'm sure. Oh goodness, no. You know. Well, and the smugness to which she delivered the message on that podcast because yeah. Bud Light's this old frat sort of yeah. brand, you know? What does evolve and elevate mean? It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. And we have this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out-of-touch humor, and it was really important <laughs> that we had another approach in other words people like us you're talking about your customers <laughs> exactly yeah. we didn't what is wrong with sort you? of dying it was number one <laughs> it was number one idiot but there's yeah. another reason and it's i think honestly it goes beyond the selling of beer and it has to do with that whole cei score because there are companies afraid that the you know human rights people are going to come after them and Megan Basham uh, from Daily Wire. This is a different angle to this story. But this, every time there is a company that does something that makes you scratch your head, why would they do it? Uh, some people think it's almost like a threat mm -hmm. in, in some ways. That if they don't do it, um, they're going to have to pay for it, I guess, in the end.
Oh. So critics characterize the CEI score as an extortion racket. They say if companies don't promote LGBTQ celebrities and themes in their marketing as the human rights campaign demands, then they'll receive a low score. And that matters because a low CEI score can negatively affect a company's ESG score, which can then negatively impact a company's bottom line. Because then the human rights campaign partially funded by George Soros, comes down on them. They're afraid of losing money. It's freaking crazy. Man. You know what? I think I'm four for four on the day here or on the week. I mean, uh, sorry, three for three. It's Wednesday. Um, but Carol Markowitz, bring her up again. Writer, I, I like a lot of what she has to say, but she, I think, nailed it perfectly with this Bud Light thing. Yeah. The Bud Light backlash is happening, she writes, because it's a product aimed at men. Dylan Mulvaney advertised uh, advertising leggings, face cream, handbags didn't make a blip because women have been cowered into surrendering their spaces, and men haven't encountered the same. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, the last time I remember it happening was Gillette. Oh, that blew up in their face, it too. It really did. Boy, that's a pretty good point. We have an update on another story we were talking about earlier, David. <laughs> Yeah. All right. What so, happened at Target in Ohio? Was it yeah, Blue Ash? Yeah, Blue Ash, Ohio. It actually took place last October, but video of this only started circulating this week. This woman, uh, identified as Karen Ivory, a uh, black woman, uh, was apparently trying to check out at the checkout line, and she was out of money, over $1,000 worth yes. of stuff. Didn't have the money to cover the entire bill of the product she was trying to purchase. And then she said, hey, Target, you should cover the rest of this for reparations because I know the heart of Target and I know you care about it. And she decided that right then and there was a time to have a conversation about Target and reparations for black people. Well, yes, she winds up <laughs> getting confronted by the loss prevention guy, the security guard, and then she backs him into a corner, backs him all the way into the office, and then he pops her in the face. Yes, and that was after she berated the manager, yeah. this lady, screaming at her. And so then the cops get called. The cops are there. And this is some gold audio of the lady talking to the police officer about what she was trying to accomplish. It was about a bigger conversation. Okay. I decided to take a stand. This is my Rosa Parks moment, dude. My Rosa Parks moment, yes. dude. Get out of my sight. $1,000 of merchandise at Target. <laughs> Compare yourself to Rosa Parks. Golly. This is my Rosa Parks moment, dude. Mm. Don't play with me. I'm just listening. That's all I'm doing. We're having a conversation about how to reconcile the fact that some people benefited off of a system that was against other people. I asked nicely to have that conversation. Okay, what were you asking for? To talk to, for her to connect me with who I could talk to. What was your purpose of that con that further conversation? What were you going to ask that person for to do? To break the lies around money. What's that mean? We all know money has not been treating everybody equally. Okay. <laughs> this is where CRT ends, kids. <laughs> this is where it ends. Holy crap! This really is something, man. Roll on. Money is not the only way for things to happen. It's were, you, not... were you asking for them to make a donation, essentially? Or to let you have them for free? No. What was it? I was coming up to the limit of where I had money. 
I was trying to ask if Target would comp me the rest and we would have a conversation, a bigger bubble up a bigger conversation about why because I know the heart of this place. Okay. I know the heart of this place. Mm-hmm. I don't know where she gets that thingy. Oh, remember the Target in Minneapolis? Yeah. They just let people take crap for free. Yeah. You could see the pain in their eyes as they were taking those right. big screen televisions. Yeah. Yes. And so that was sort of reparations there. Now what about my Target here? How about that? That's one of the most insane things I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. That's being passed off as serious people. I understand. But if you're going with what CRT teaches, isn't that the logical conclusion? You got something that you didn't earn, you people at Target, and you need to give it to me. Is there some nut job Congress critter to want to award Target cards for $5 million worth of Target merchandise? This is my Rosa Parks moment, dude. Dude, dude yes. Get out of my How about sight. that? Just go. Oh, man, it's going to be a tough competition if we pick Clip of the Week on Friday. Oh, gosh. We've had some great ones so far, and that one is certainly right up there. Man. Wow. Okay. Much more to get to, including uh, people are sick and tired of all their subscriptions. Netflix is getting left behind along with some others. That and a news update next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp, and there's Scott Robbins. Another news update, David Van Camp. Well, Joe Biden made a trip to uh, Northern Ireland. Hunter Biden is actually there with him. I saw that. (laughs) What's he doing there? He's chasing leprechauns. I don't know. Uh, Working out some deal? Yeah, probably. They're like, hey, man, you got to get while the getting's good, right? How do you just put him out there without answering any questions? Because their buddies in the media have already convinced half of America that there is absolutely nothing to the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden business scheme. That is true. My brain is still working in a normal sort of common sense environment. Yeah. I could have answered my own question. Of course, that's why they can do it. Because who's going to say anything? Yeah. Joe Biden uh, is deteriorating in front of our eyes, though, as we know. Here's one of the uh, one of the clips out of his uh, one of his addresses. As a matter of fact, as you walk into my office in the in the Oval Office in the United States Capitol. It's in the White House. Guess what? You know who founded and designed and built the White House? An Irishman. An Irish? No, not not a joke. Oh, an Irishman. Got it. That's true. An Irish-born person did design the White House. Not a joke. Not a joke, man. Not a joke. Still got that one in his arsenal. Also, embarrassment seems to follow him everywhere he goes. Uh, Apparently. A detailed itinerary of the president's trip, including details of his accommodation and the phone numbers of senior police officials involved in security locally, was found on a street in Belfast. Like <laughs> crumpled up. Someone dropped it on the street. Holy smokes. The adults man, are back, baby. Gee whiz. You know. By the way, I don't know. We don't need to get to it if it's in your trifecta. Are you doing the Colbert thing? No, I wasn't going to. Stephen Colbert made fun of Biden last night. Uh, unbelievable. Okay. And I know that's just a late night person and it's the president. I mean, he says crazy crap. Well, I'll, either, I'll, either, I'll either be rolling egg or you know, being the, 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 you know, the guy who's pushing him out. Okay, whatever. But then I couldn't help but wonder, is there another message there? 
Like, like are they going to start making fun of Biden? Yeah. Like, to sort of show people, listen, this guy can't do well, this Well, that doesn't anymore. mean, I don't even know what that means. It's nonsense. <laughs> Pushing out eggs. What do you, what? <laughs> this happens all what the time. What is going on? Yeah. This happens all the time. So I don't know. Well, Colbert caught it, you know. We had that clip earlier. Trump was asked. I don't know how he can run again. It's not the age. It's the mental decline, yeah. which is true. And Trump said, you know, he's pushing out eggs. I, <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mentioned this. This was out of the Wall Street Journal. People sick and tired of all their subscriptions. And they're finally saying, okay, this is an overload. We're paying too much, too many places. Yeah. So they're cutting something. You know, whether that's Netflix, one of the other services, HBO Max, there's Hulu, there's just a bunch of them. Paramount yeah. Plus. So people are just cutting this stuff, plus because of the economy. I mean, you can hang on for a little while, but you got to pay bills. Yeah. Are you, have you cut anything recently? We've cut everything. And everything. Part of that was because the kids were too interested in it and all that kind of right. stuff. And so it was like, well, we need to remove that temptation from ourselves. So we're not putting them in front of the TV all the time. That is smart. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay. Biggest story of the day. If there's one, uh, well, Joe Biden, not knowing where his office is located, seems to be pretty significant, but with this particular <laughs> president, I mean, it's just kind of par for the course, isn't it? Cow. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Ah, yeah, I guess. Who cares? Who cares? Yes. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to more of that. Also, in Boston, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this story, the teachers union suddenly not such big fans of diversity. Hmm, interesting, isn't it, huh? It really is. Yeah, you got a little skin in the game now, huh? Well, it's it's a tough call. Yeah. You know, you got, you know, all these people moving away from public schools. That means, well, some services... Got to be cut, reduced staffing. Well, who gets cut? Do you want diversity or people with tenure? Get to that much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm the Gen Xer, Jamie Markley. <laughs> the millennial David Van Camp laughing. Sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. He's not laughing at the sexy boomer. He's just laughing. No. So before I get to this story about the Boston Teachers Union, yep. what did you just see? <clears throat> well, uh, unfortunately, some people who are being paid to be online influencers for Donald Trump's uh, presidential campaign, yes. they fell for this. And uh -huh. it is a deep fake video of Hillary Clinton. It's fake video of Hillary Clinton endorsing Ron DeSantis. <laughs> and and so just to be clear when you look at the video it's uh, the caption what does the caption say it is uh ramble rants on msnbc and it, okay. it doesn't look good but it does certainly sound a lot like hillary clinton as she's talking about um ron desantis you know people might be surprised to hear me say this but i actually like ron desantis a lot yeah i know <laughs> I'd say he's just the kind of guy this country needs, and I really mean that. If Ron DeSantis got installed as president, I'd be fine with that. I mean, the one thing I know about Ron is that when push comes to shove, Ron does what he's told. And I can't think of anything more important than that. Hail Hydra. <laughs> she says Hail Hydra at the end. And there are legitimately some people online whose entire job is to be online. And, and represent a presidential campaign who freaking fell for it.
Oh, no. That are working for Trump. <laughs> Get these clowns off your campaign, Don. Find some actual adults who know how this stuff works. My goodness. Yeah. I got to believe they're... Fired! Yeah. <laughs> I know you just said within the last week, and you've said it again, and this AI stuff, people are going to be falling for this all over the place. But to your point, this is their gig, man. Yeah. This is what you got to know. Wow. Okay. Boston, I saw this at Hot Air. Some other places, too. But they made mention of... Okay, you've had a lot of parents pull their kid out of public school, and sometimes it's private school, sometimes it's home school, sometimes you just move away um, from a city that's deteriorating, and that's a lot of liberal-run cities. Well, that means you got to consolidate some services and reduce staffing like they're doing in Boston. And apparently that has led to something of a civil war breaking out between various elements of the teachers' unions. You've got progressive advocates that are endorsing a measure that would prioritize diversity in terms of which teachers get the boot and which ones when you know, be kept on staff. So that would mean that many newer teachers of color would be kept while predominantly white teachers with more seniority would be told to pack it up and leave. But that means you would undermine the traditional norms in favor of more diversity. So you've got a wall of opposition because, and this is true, unlike any other profession in the country, public school teachers and their unions cling to the tenure system with an iron grip. You're mm -hmm. darn right they do. And then you've got, you know, the problems we see in public schools because teachers with tenure and seniority wind up being kept around even if they exhibit poor performance, sometimes even criminal behavior. But I think, you know, if you've had kids go through school – it's nothing personally against anybody. But you knew if it was job performance, some people that were kept around for a long time, they'd have been gone mm -hmm. a long time ago. And it does sort of highlight the hypocrisy of the teachers' unions. What if they just did it on merit and just found the best teachers? But you can't do that because the unions freak out. It's just insane we're having this conversation. I know. Y you know, it's insane. Well, then you got state law, too. That requires teachers without professional status to be laid off first. And they're trying to change some of those laws. So there's a big fight going on. <laughs> you know? Seniority. No. Inclusion. And there you go. Uh, David, real quick before Scott Robbins trifecta, you had mentioned uh, it is the young lady from Stranger Things that got engaged and she's 19 and people are freaking out? Yeah. What's her name? Millie Bobby Brown or... Yeah. Yes. Uh, That's it, Millie Bobby Brown. Uh, yeah, she's getting married, and apparently uh, that is bad because she's 19. Oh, well, for God's sakes! A lot of a lot of bitter. Oh, I know. Libs on Twitter and other social media platforms are really upset by this. Like, girl, you haven't even discovered yourself yet. I don't know her. I I I don't know if she's a good person, bad person, whatever. I thought she was good in the show. It's her life. She can make her decision. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. Well, By the way, she's engaged to John Bon Jovi's son, Jake. Jake Bon Jovi? Yes. I don't know, man. Uh, 
she's 19. Maybe she knows this is the guy I want to spend the rest of my it's life coming with. Coming from so, the same people that think you can have your sex changed at four. Yeah. Right. I know. <laughs> right. I mean, ridiculous. It is crazy. And it reminded me of this piece. And I remember it was from Newsweek, but it, the thing that made it interesting to me was it was from the professor of sociology at the University of Virginia. And it was this whole happiness index. Because in today's age, a lot of young women are told the last thing you want to do is get married and start having kids. Okay? You will be miserable. You know, marriage, parenthood, that's going to hold you back. The real path to prosperity and happiness, run away from the family. That is usually the... I'm simplifying it, but that's sort of the message. It's about you and your career sort of thing. And then you get people, and studies have shown, that sort of sell out the thought of family for a career and then get older and bitter. And it's, I mean, I'm not just making up the data. The happiest women are conservative women with husband and kids. And they go into great detail in the whole study, and that's what, you know, the sociology professor at the University of Virginia was talking about. Um, and single childless women are about 60% more likely to report feelings of loneliness compared to married mothers. You feel bad for people, mm-hmm. you know, because, yeah. you know, gosh, time got away from you, that sort of thing. Yeah. That doesn't mean you got to be bitter toward everybody else. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I have a certain amount of compassion uh, but at the same time, these are the same people who call me a, a child murderer because I support the Second Amendment. Oh, right. And they screech about how I apparently want to control women's bodies because I don't think that allowing abortion on demand at any point in a pregnancy is a good thing for society. Yeah. I mean, they, this, you know, like this dude wrote, if you're not the kind of person who makes the media your Bible... None of this will surprise you. Living for ourselves and our jobs is a dead end for most of us, whether we're a man or a woman, something that's pretty obvious to most people. Meanwhile, giving of ourselves to others, especially to our spouse, kids, and community, is the past most conductive to a meaningful and generally happy life. And because marriage allows couples to pool income and assets and enjoy economies of scale, it leads to a heck of a lot more prosperity for the average Joe and Jane. I mean, that's just the truth of it. Mm-hmm. Well, but they're better toward those people. It's true because your family connections will last. That people want to feel like they are part of something bigger, generally speaking. It's just general human psychology. But, I mean, it's it's like you think about a guy like Tom Brady, for example, devoted yeah. his life to the game of football, won a pile of Super Bowls with the New England Patriots. He leaves the New England Patriots. Yep. Does that mean that the New England Patriots will never have a quarterback again? No. They'll find a guy to replace him, and they did. Yes. And I presume someday down the road they're going to win another Super Bowl without Tom Brady. Yeah. Does he have a legacy in the NFL? Yes, but life goes on. Everyone can be replaced in the professional world. In the family, you can't be. No. No, that's absolutely true. All right. You know what we got to get to? The words of wisdom from one Scott Robbins. Well, at least words. <laughs> <laughs> the trifecta, roll it out. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show.
Two of those three got booted from the Tennessee House. One of them has already been reinstated. The other one will probably be reinstated uh, here this week as well. Uh, but while they were leading an insurrection demanding gun control, they apparently didn't really vote to protect kids. No. Uh, Justin Jones, Justin Pearson, and Gloria Johnson, not serious people at all. If they were serious about gun violence, they should be all over legislation that was designed to do just that. The bill that Tennessee Governor Bill Lee recently signed into law, and yet the Tennessee Three voted no! I don't know if you knew that or not. The circus that was occurring in the Tennessee legislature last week, there was a bill that was actually passed and signed into law, massively increasing funding and state requirements for school safety. The Tennessee Three all voted against it. Wow. Now, not going to see that in legacy media, are you? Of course not. Clown world, man. We live in freaking clown world. That is true. We just do. Yes. Yes. That's some guy doing his Malcolm X impersonation. Yeah. In front of the mirror for years. Yeah. And so you got a bill that says, hey, let's beef up security at schools. No, they voted against that. Wow. And the countdown continues. You know, they'll fight tooth and nail to prevent even like a, a mild step towards solutions because, well... What's about the gun grab? They want the monopoly on the state power, and they're not going to get it that way. So there you go. The Scott Robbins trifecta, the top three of the day. Those people. Right, two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two, the thing that everybody was begging for, Lizzo took a uh, nude selfie. Yeah. <laughs> she she certainly did. Lizzo did it. Uh, she decided to post a naked selfie to, quote, change the conversation on beauty standards. A screenshot from this article was published in, get this, Women's Health Magazine. Which is it? What do you want? Uh, she wants to have Lizzo. a conversation about I thought she was tired standards. of having the conversation about her body. And why does everyone want to talk about my body? And then no one talks about it for a few months. And then let's talk about my body. I wasn't even aware there was a conversation about beauty standards. I had no idea there was one. But apparently there was one. Well, yes, because plus size is healthy, and it's beautiful, and yes, queen, who cares? Uh, Somebody (laughs) responded to the article by saying, hey, uh, they act like this is a big deal, but there's nothing shown in any of these pictures that hasn't been shown when she's on stage. Oh, it's attention. Please give me attention. It's starting to wane. You can't normalize obesity and just expect people to just buy into it. You can't. Yes. (laughs) You can. You can try. You can pose nude all day long. Top three of the day. Well, yeah. Remember that time you stuck? No, nah, forget it. Now on there. with the countdown. And up to number one. I don't want you objectifying me like that either, sir. Tastefully done. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. For the ladies, it wasn't for me. Nice little fig leaf there, strategically mm-hmm. placed. Hey, don't uh, say little, okay? No, well. It was no. a large fig leaf. Okay, well, all right. <laughs> number one, a guy, a guy okay. taking a trip became the luckiest dude he's ever taken a trip. Yeah, guy's on a plane. He's going from Lancashire, Lancashire, England. He arrives at the airport. He's there early enough. He gets on the plane. He notices, hey, man, there's nobody on this plane but me. Paul Williamson, 65 years old, boarded a flight. He was headed to uh, from Portugal to Belfast, on, 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 got on the jet airliner, and then walked around and went, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? Like, did did the uh, the reckoning come, and I didn't know about it, and I'm the last one left? What's happening? 
He's freaking out. Pilot pokes his head around the corner and says, no, no, you're all right. There's just nobody else on this flight. He was the only one. Wow. Two flight attendants, two pilots, and he's the only guy on the plane. And there you have it. It's like your own private plane. He said my suitcase came around, though. I knew exactly whose it was because there's no one else is there. By the way, on an earlier story about the fig leaf, uh, story out of Denmark, uh, the average guy exaggerates uh, the size by 21%. Uh That's why I I wanted to score up the Mm -hmm. fig leaf (laughs) argument. (laughs) David is showing restraint. I'm showing restraint. Well, you have to. (laughs) Okay, if you say I have to. Listen, he's... Scott's not showing anything because he's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> okay. Uh, Nimrod's in the news. I, I and a news update is good. next. I don't know. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Man, I so we didn't have a lot of time to get into this uh, earlier in the show, but there was a uh, Philadelphia mayoral... Uh, debate candidate debate mm-hmm. last night and there was a question about whether or not candidates supported abolishing so-called stop and frisk policing tax uh practices uh four candidates voted no three did not answer there so uh, you have apparently front runners running for mayor of philadelphia which has seen this uh, just incredible increase in homicides Mm-hmm. And you cannot say that you support policing methods that might actually help with that. It's beyond, man. I mean, we're trying to make sense of different things using common sense, and it does not apply to some of the way people think. I don't get it. You want criminals behind bars. You want them off the street. To stop hurting innocent people. I don't know why that's hard. I think it's because people have been brainwashed to think more about skin color than character. It's totally opposite of Martin Luther King Jr. I don't know what else to say about that. Did we already start Nimrods in the news? <laughs> well, we've been doing this all day. Well, it you feels said like it. no death in Nimrods, so... Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah. All right, go ahead, start it now. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Okay, a few things real quick. Um, this is a survey of 2,000 dudes. Under the age of 43, only 54% brush their teeth daily. What? What fifty four percent? That's it, dudes. Yes. What is wrong? Oh man, brush your teeth. God, that's gross. Gross. Also, emergency crews in Edmonton, Canada, had to rescue a dude that got himself stuck inside a roadside work of public art. It's a bunch of these silver spheres, and he got himself stuck inside. <laughs> had to be rescued. <laughs> and then the Pierce County Sheriff's Office in Washington State warning people about a scam caller who's pretending to be their own sheriff or their own sergeant, Darren Moss, saying if he calls, it's not really the sergeant. It's an imposter. So watch out for that, and that's Nimrod's in the news.